Welcome back to Project Outsiders. If you are returning, thank you so much for your support and joining us along on our journey to improving the foster care system. For those who are new, welcome to the Foster Care Experience podcast. We are a youth-led social organization that is trying to bridge the gap between youth and care with decision makers. We are all youth from care who have been pushed by our experiences to ensure we see changes to a disconnected system. In this episode, we will be talking about the importance of spirituality for youth growing up in care. Initially, I wasn't sure where this conversation was going to go, but it flew out from our spirits. The Holy Ghost took over our soul. I'm joking, but in all seriousness, Faith is a conversation that doesn't get enough attention on how it affects the lives of youth in care. Today, helping us with this spiritual journey is Rose Jones. Rose Jones is a singer-songwriter that uses her music to advocate for other youth in care. Rose is a beautiful spirit, very mellow, and an honor to have on our podcast today. Thank you for joining us. Hi. Hi! That was such a cute introduction. Yeah. I like that you write that yourself. Yeah. I, I wanted like to it. like add, insert like a little bit more. We could always like clip in, but actually tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're doing right now. Awesome. Well, thank you again for having me. It was super fun, super exciting. I'm loving the setup. Um, so about me is I'm 21 years old. Um, I currently live in Toronto, Ontario, um, but I'm from a small town, well, kind of small, Newmarket, Ontario. Um, I've been playing guitar and I've been self-taught for around six years now, Um, but really pursuing music, it's been since I was 18. Mm -hmm. So I think like, that's what, four years? Yeah. Um, And it's been pretty cool. Uh, I've really had a great experience. I'm learning so much about not only myself, but this, this industry and how it works and, you know, the kind of goals I have in mind and I guess I'm learning more about my purpose each and every single day. So it's been really, it's been fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's a little summary of who I am. Singer songwriter, write all my music. Um, Mm -hmm. I make sure I'm always the, like the, the main creative force when I'm in the studio. Cause I feel like, you know, having control over what you're putting into the world that has your name on it is very important. Yeah. I know that's branding yourself. So yeah. Yeah. I actually wanted to talk a little bit about how we met. We mm-hmm. first met with um at a couple of years ago mm-hmm. at yes. one of the Christmas parties. Yes. For um foster kids in New York region, I believe. Mm-hmm. And she was performing a couple of songs that were phenomenal. And so she's been a musician and actively performing music musician for quite some time and she's good. She's very inspiring, and she really drives a lot of emotion inside of her music, and it's just, you know, amazing to be a part of. And so the reason how we got connected was through a social worker that we both know, Yes. and she reached out to me because um, she wanted to get a lot more involved in advocacy. Mm -hmm. And so uh, my worker reached out to me and said, oh, I know somebody who's like currently like, you know, involved and doing a bunch of things and on a bunch of committees and she could get you involved. And so yeah, we sat down and we had a meeting over Zoom and we talked. We talked for a while. Yeah. Like two hours almost. It was pretty long. It was great though. It, it felt was. so natural and like meant to be, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like 
it was I think those are like the best relationships when you're first meeting somebody or you're first dwelling into a new you know you're jumping into a new project and it just feels natural and right yeah because you know that's when you know it's you know it's supposed to be the right thing to do yeah that makes sense exactly and you definitely want to be a lot more you definitely wanted to be a lot more involved in advocacy which was like amazing and we talked a lot that day and um especially around spirituality Mm -hmm. and i noticed that about you you're just very you know connected to I don't know. You're you're just like just your spirituality as a whole, and every conversation you want to like, kind of bring that into that space. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and so that's why when I asked her, when I asked her, <laughs> I've always had an issue saying ask. I, I like how you said it originally. It's kind of cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but when I asked her, what exactly did she want to talk about on our podcast today? She said spirituality. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. I'm kind of curious about. Um, what exactly we could talk about, but there is a lot to talk about. Yeah, you know, 100%. and we, I've had some crazy stories in which I've told We've you. We've talked about yeah, yeah, like the um a spiritual attack that I had in my first foster home and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and so I guess I wanted to start off with the first question here, um, which it would be, what has been your experience been like in care, and when did you first, um, were when were you first introduced to the foster care system? So, oh, that's like, so it's such a great question. But for me, it's like, okay, how do I summarize right. 13 plus years into that is an issue, a, like everybody. small sentence, like, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. um, so I first was into care when I was nine years old. Um, I have a twin brother, so me and him actually ended up going and, um, you know, it, and it was never really my biological mom's fault. Um, my biological dad, he passed away, actually. May he rest in peace um, when I was 17. And um, But my biological dad had a lot of substance abuse issues. And um, my mom was a single mom raising not only me and my brother, but uh, my two older sisters as well. And one of my older sisters, actually, um, she had a lot of mental health issues. So that was really struck, like hard for my mom to just handle everything, especially dealing with my dad. And then all this so she felt like she couldn't give us the best care so she felt that giving us to CAS was the best decision for everyone involved but she was always there and she always saw us on weekends and she was very connected with us and you know I love my mom I really do but that's just that's just my story you know like that's how it played out um yeah so um that was that was uh what it happened and um so yeah, so I went into care when I was nine, and then um, I went from home to home to home because I was very emotionally distraught. But not only that, it was um, a lot of the, the first foster house I was in was very abusive, actually. Yeah. Uh, physically, emotionally. Not only from the parents, but like their own kids towards mm. me. And it was really shitty. Um, so that was that was not a great first experience and I remember just feeling like confused as to why I was leaving my mom's home mm-hmm. um so I think for me like I was a very sensitive kid and I'm still very sensitive to this day yeah. um I just didn't understand so I guess I just reacted and lashed out and no one really knew how to handle that yeah so um but I think that's expected yeah. and we shouldn't be ashamed of that yeah you know, we've been taken away from 
our family like yeah. at home was something that was familiar to us and yeah. we were put into an unfamiliar setting. Yeah. And so to have that expectation that a kid who's especially going through puberty should be acting rational in yeah. a kind of situation or a setting like that is just absolutely ridiculous. It is. It is kind of, like, yeah. ridiculous to have that, like, standard of, like, normality and be like, okay, like, you have to be, like, oh my god, I'm expecting this kid to be, like, top-notch and, like, normal and perfect, like, you know, and it's like, no, like, that's not the case, and so, yeah, so that was the first place, and then I moved, and then that per- I had a sister, foster sister there that was just super abusive to me as well, so then I got moved to, like, another, pl- I, I've been through a lot of homes, but, um, the one home that really st- stuck out and really saved me was honestly, uh, her name is Jennifer, but she was, um, yeah, Jennifer, she truly saved my life, and she's, I still talk to her to this day, I was actually on the phone with her before we came onto this podcast, that's who I was talking to, um, she's, like, my second mom to me, you know, and, um, I know I'm, like, a daughter to her as well, and it's just a very, like, great relationship that we have, um, she has taught me so much, not only about myself, but about life and the world, and I don't think I really would be here or the person I am today if it wasn't for her mm-hmm. and the things she taught me. And I kind of want to use what she's taught me and to help others how she helped me, Yeah, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, I think that's why spirituality is so important to me because of, it was so important to her and then she taught it to me in a way and then I changed so much because of the tools she taught me. Mm. Do you get what I mean? And I think, like, I, I truly believe those tools changed my life and I would, I just, I feel like it's, would be a, sh- it would be a disgrace if I didn't share that with other people, yeah. if that makes sense, yeah. you know? Because it's so easy, it's all in your mind, and, like, it's, you're, you have the power, you know? I think that's a lot of people don't get, it's, like, your life is your power. It is. Like, everything around you, you can control, and to a certain extent, mm-hmm. you know? You may not control everyone's actions, but you control your actions, exactly. and your reactions, and, but then, you know, but with every action your outcome will become closer to what you want by choosing certain actions. Exactly. You know, you may not get the life you want right away or tomorrow or whatever, but day by day, if you slowly start thinking like that, like, okay, today um, I'm going to work on this and this, and then tomorrow I'm going to work on this and this. Every day, if you keep doing the things you're supposed to, you're going to get closer to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people really give up because they're like, you know, they let that, the shit that happened in their life get to them, and, you know, I have those days, too, where I'm just, like, sad, and I'm like, why the fuck is this happening, or why did this happen to me, like, why is this my life, you know, and it's so normal to think that way, but I think what a lot of people do, and especially a lot of people who have trauma, what they do is they dwell on that, and I think dwelling on it is not helping, Mm -hmm. ever, you know, and that's something I've really learned, is, you know, be present, and think how you want to live, you know? And I feel like the biggest thing that kind of gave you that advantage of being mm-hmm. able to see that was having outside support. Absolutely. It's really hard to be able to see, like, from a different perspective when your For reality sure. is constantly being faced with one kind of constant, you know, just tragedy after tragedy, basically, kind of thing. And so to kind of push, and this is kind of something that, like, um, I've talked about before, it's like, um, I remember we were having this discussion around, uh, like, bullying and so on um, at my school. 
and somebody had brought up the idea well you could just make yourself happy you know or like you know those who commit suicide they're weak people because like you could just make yourself happy like yeah you, you're having a bad day but look I feel good you know mm-hmm. it's 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 a personal thing but that's not this that's not always true I agree a lot with of it that, has yeah. to do with your surrounding mm-hmm. and so we could make I think one of the things is being able to when you're trapped being able to have somebody um there for you to kind of take you Absolutely. out of that situation so you're now able to start seeing things in a positive positive light yeah you know sometimes it's, it um we need assistance with that and so you had rachel which is amazing jennifer it's, it's okay <laughs> jennifer it's okay i think um, i was thinking of friends no for Wait. sure yeah but even with uh Going off of that, even when I didn't have Jennifer, she there was times where I wouldn't even talk to her for months, you know, and shit was happening in my life, you know. Um, I've yeah, I've had my tragedy and tragedy, and sometimes I think to myself, why is this constantly happening to me? Um, but I think for me, not only Jennifer, it's God that's really helped me. Mm-hmm. Like that was my person, you know. So when oh, I felt like I had nobody, yeah. I literally would talk to God. Yeah, he was my he is my best. Like that is my best friend. Exactly. To me. Well, I guess this actually kind of goes into our next question. What triggered you to become so invested in your spirituality? I think seeing my surroundings change once I started believing. Mm. I think, you know, because I'm a person that I won't believe it until I see it. Yeah. And I'm still like that. <laughs> and for me, I, I truly, I asked and I cried and I prayed and I cried and I screamed and I fought and then one day, I just started getting my answers. And when I, when you see things you're asking for come to you that are fucking, like, surreal. You're like, how is this happening? It's just like, whoa. You know, and I think for me, like, I started believing because I was being shown things to believe yeah. in. You know? And I, I feel that heavy. Yeah. Um, because I remember, like, the reason why I was put into the foster care system. And um, it was just... I remember those days of crying and begging, like just questioning why these things are constantly happening to you, mm-hmm. even though you try to be a good person. But then, you know, I'm feeling like sometimes God's not listening, not answering your prayers. So my relationship has been a little bit iffy. Um, and um, I don't really know. I, I understand where I stand with God. Um, or this spirituality, this this spirit. Um, God, angels, universe, whatever you want to call it, guides, you know? Yeah, yeah. I feel like when I started to take a lot more control over myself and my life, that's kind of what was expected. And when before, I was expecting somebody, some spirit, some entity to take over for me. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't working, mm-hmm. right? I'm like, take away this pain. Take it. No, I had to do it myself. But that's... But that's how you learn to become better. Yeah. You know, like, that's the whole point of life, you know, is, you know, like, it, it's changing, you know, that frame of mind, you know, like, like exactly, like, you, you literally just answered God's, like, answer to you. I had to do it myself, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. you, you, everything you're doing yourself, but there's support behind you that you can't fully physically see, but it's there, it's you know? Right. Yeah. And it's hard, like... You know, I have days where I'm literally sitting in bed and I'm like, oh my God, like, I hate my life, you know? Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, no, good things are coming. And it's having faith because if you lose that faith, then there's nothing, like, you're just going to constantly be attracting negative things. Yeah. When you mentioned to me about how you 
you know, used to really just almost like have an emotional but spiritual breakdown. I feel that yeah. heavy because when I was first put into the foster care system, um, the way that it happened was just like so weird, so magical. Our, our experiences with a, that is very similar. I remember us talking yeah. about it. And so like quickly to kind of explain what, quickly to kind of explain what my experience was like, um, three days before I was put into the foster care system, I had a spiritual meltdown. I was just crying and just like begging pleading for God to just save me because I was in such a bad place, Mm -hmm. such a bad mental state. I needed saving and I was just like, please, I'll do anything. And the way things happened within those next three days was trippy, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, Like my mom came home and she was like, you know, ready to fight kind of thing like every other day and she was really struggling with her own mental and spiritual battle for a long time but she took it out on her kids yeah right and so but the difference between this time and all other times were basically um the cops were called and children's aid was called and came to my house and so i'm like "Hmm, i'm gonna take this opportunity to leave right i think this is my exit and so I took it, and ever since then, my entire life has just shifted. And so I, I feel that. Yeah. You know, after you ask or you beg or you plead for some kind of saving, you know, um, and you see things change, it's kind of just like, whoa, what is happening? Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think another thing I joke around with my friends who, like, you know, believe in, like, the universe or, like, the law of attraction or, like, manifesting and stuff like that god um we all make this joke that like when we're at our knees is when the pray when the answers are you know our prayers are answered is when we're on our knees going now or never like come on you know and i've noticed that when i'm at my wits end i'm like okay seriously like now was the time and then it happens and i think one of the things that i've noticed is that I would sometimes when I would ask and I wouldn't see any change. I think what the change needed to happen was the environment that I was in. Mm-hmm. So one time I would be begging and pleading and crying inside a group home, right? But I ultimately had the choice to be in that group home. And, and things didn't start to change dramatically until I left that group home. Yeah. So it was kind of just like, I needed to realize that the issue was my environment and take myself out of that environment Mm -hmm. so I'm able to start working on myself and healing myself from that situation. And that kind of goes for so many people, different people. Mm -hmm. That could go for for bad job, bad bad toxic relationship, you know, substance abuses. It's the environment in which we need to take ourselves out of. And be able to accept that help. Exactly. Right? Ooh. (laughs) Seriously, though, it's so true. And um, I just want to make something clear. Like, you know, like when I talk about God, it's not like, you know, I I don't try to say I'm religious because I feel like that word in this day and age is so toxic because it sounds like you're just like bashing other people's beliefs and you are like saying that I'm this person. But I think God is love, and that's what I'm pr- trying to preach, I guess, is love. And it's whether that's through my music or my experiences or talking about God, like, that's what I'm trying to do. And um, 
so that's why I say I'm a spiritual person and I have faith. Um, but I, I feel like anyone who is listening, I have a little experiment for you and you have to really believe it if you're going to do it, you know, and it's, you gotta, you can't give up hope after a day or two if you feel like you're not getting results. But I want you to sit down and ask either the universe, the angels or God and say, Hey, I really need a sign and I want you to be so clear that I know that it's something bigger than me. And really believe it when you say it. Like, really believe it. And even if you don't get anything, you feel like you can't see anything or you're not getting anything after a day, don't give up. Because it's coming. Mm -hmm. And I swear, you will see it and then you're going to think back to this podcast and go, wow. Yeah. I swear to God. It's it's gonna it happens. Just like that conversation I had on the phone with that little girl. Yeah. You know? Oh. And this is gonna be so crazy because like (laughs) I love that you said that so much. Yeah. Because four months ago, oh I was sitting down with my tech guy Mitchell who's here helping us out. Um Mm -hmm. when we were actually first talking about this whole idea, this whole podcast and Mm -hmm. um our our business, our company, and it was just an idea at the uh, at the uh, at the I want to say April-ish. Um, yeah, it was like in the middle of COVID, and I was in. Ooh, I can't wait to show you guys. And I have like a secret for you guys that I will reveal in five years from now. <laughs> but it's kind of just like I made a decision, and where this I I said I did not want this to be my life anymore. So what I did was like I moved from Richmond Hill to Hamilton and came to this apartment building and what I did as soon as I finished unpacking all of my stuff was I put a bunch of things on my wall and I gave myself four months to get it done four months I said I'm going to create this and this and this a YouTube channel a podcast a company a business I want to launch products and everything like that mm-hmm. and I'm giving myself to the end of August to do it <laughs> Look at that. Right? See? You manifested it. Do you see this? Absolutely. <laughs> like, what? You know what else is really... Like, that's... It's, it's, literally, it's true. And, like, I know my life could be so much worse. I'm not talking out of my ass when I say these things have worked for me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I am saying that... And you you have proof as well. You literally just gave, gave an example that's amazing. Yeah. You know? And... um another really cool thing too is my lucky number is 27 and for me that's the i call it an angel number which means like my guides are giving me this number or the universe you know is reflecting it back it's a synchronicity thing numerology whatever you want to call it and um it's 27 and i've had many experiences with that number i won't go into detail but i just want to point it out that today is also the 27th of august (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) i'm just saying Yo. Yeah, so... That is nuts. It's not... You it's crazy, weird. Okay, right? I have a question to yeah. ask you. Because, like, I was watching TikTok, um, and they said that something was supposed to happen today, I believe. Mm-hmm. It was either today or tomorrow. I think... I'm pretty sure it was on the 27th, um, where all of the gates to heavens and all of everything was supposed to open, and, like, signs or whatever. Something spiritual was supposed to happen today. Maybe it was supposed to be like an apocalypse. Oh god! I, like that's what they were. That's we've got a lot of stuff to do before we go. Right? Like the apocalypse was supposed to happen today, where everything, like all the doors, the gates to hell and heaven open, the angels will come falling and stuff like that. It was supposed to happen today. 
so said the TikTok person. But maybe I don't know. That's why like I also wanted to launch my episode or launch the very first episode today because mm-hmm. they said that like you know what to do or some crap. yeah like it was supposed to be like an angel talking to you or what an alien. it could have also meant alien i love that <laughs> what it also could have meant too was anyone who's spiritually connected right now to themselves and to the divine and whoever came across that video something for their own personal reason was supposed to open and connect for this day so for us this could be this podcast this conversation for other people, it could be a job, a relationship, something. Chills. Are you getting chills? I'm getting chills. Ooh, maybe. I call them like... angel bumps. That's what I, I call them angel bumps. It could be the AC. I don't know. No, it's no, it's not. It's angel bumps, and it's truth. That's what's coming through you, and you know, and that's yeah. So that could be what it meant was this conversation. Yeah. Or this day, or it's a freaking cool day. It's 27 day, which I love. I love 27 days. That's crazy. Cool days. You know. <laughs> Wow, yeah. but the way that things happen is just like when you start to see the signs, it's it's phenomenal. Yeah, and so I absolutely I, uh, going back to my question, uh, some of the questions. So, um, were any of your foster parents really spiritual? I know you mentioned Jennifer. Jennifer. Yeah, I was gonna say Rachel. Like, I'm so happy that I did it. Why I have, am I thinking there's a Rachel? reason. There's like maybe it's a past life thing. Maybe in a past life she was called Rachel. Maybe I don't know. That's weird. Anyways, um, yeah. So she was really the only one. Yeah, honestly, she was really the only one. Mm. Um, and did she like introduce you to spirituality, or did you were you like already heavily connected before? She honestly really introduced me to it. I always grew. My mom believed in God, and she always talked about God. And you know, my mom was a very open person. She's very accepting. She's very free spirited, which I love about her. Um, we're actually very alike, but I'm also very alike with Jennifer as well. Yeah. Um, but anyways, my uh, mom grew up... I, I always grew up with God. And I remember the day before I came to foster care, I remember crying in my shower. And um, I, was so, I was so dramatic. I got candles and I lit them in the shower. Oh, I have <laughs> and a I turned off the you. lights. <laughs> I have a story for you. Oh, tell me after this. I'm excited to hear your story. But I got these candles and I turned off the lights and I was like... It was like I was trying to be in a church or something. I don't know what I was trying to do. I was trying to set the mood for the praying, I guess. And I was like literally nine years old and I put these candles in the shower and I turned off the light. I was like under the hot water and I was like, God, please help me. I don't know what to do anymore. Yeah. And literally the next day I went to foster care. Yeah. Oopsie. And that's similar to your story. That's what I mean. Like it's connection, you know, and it's. And you know what's really crazy when you said that? I remember before um, I was supposed, like a week before I was supposed to move into university on campus um, into res. Yeah. And it was like welcome week or whatever. Um, I wanted to do like a massive spiritual cleansing because I was coming straight out of the foster care system, mm-hmm. coming straight out of group homes. My heart was heavy. I just, like, felt like I had so much negativity and, like, weight on my shoulders. And I said, that is just, that was another chapter. I want it off. I don't want this to come with me to university. And so on the day, and I still remember this, it was the day that we had an eclipse, like a solar eclipse, I believe. I did, like, a massive, I tried to do a massive cleansing. I didn't Google anything. I just felt like I knew what to do. So mm-hmm. I had like some sage. I went and bought some sage and some fruits. And like I went to my bathroom and I washed myself like 
cleaned myself good right and I grabbed some salt water and some salt and I cleaned all my fruits and I started to sage my entire house and I opened the door as I was saging so I could like let any kind of negativity in and I said the only thing that's like allowed to pass through my doors are any kind of only positive energy only angels that comes with good intentions mm-hmm, kind of thing exactly. you know and so and then I went out to the balcony right when the solar, solar eclipses was supposed to happen and I had like a blanket and like I started to burn more sage and I had pictures of my past I don't know I was kind of probably doing some witch thing no <laughs> I love that but it was yeah. like I had fruits and like there's people who wanted to come up and see like the the eclipse and mm-hmm. I was dressed in all white like <laughs> so, oh I love that no that's amazing no, I've like, done that too though to look at me cross like is this girl good like what is she doing and I started to make excuses <laughs> what is she smoking and then like everything that she would they would question because they um one of the uh like the little kids that uh um was with them came and started mm-hmm. eating my fruits I'm like okay sure take them <laughs> all right and <laughs> that's so cute and so she started to ask me, oh, why is there salt water here? I'm like, oh, it's good for my hair, you know? I just like to spray. <laughs> or like, why are you burning some sage? I'm like, oh, it's cleansing, whatever. When I was like actually doing a ritual. Yeah. <laughs> and I was trying to pray and stuff like that. And so when the solar eclipse was supposed to, like, actually happening, I started to pray. And, like, I don't even know what I was saying. Yeah. But I was, like, taking videos of that moment. Like, all this is my past. It's not attached to me anymore. I let go. That's exactly where go. what you're supposed to do, though. And I'm so happy you, like... The universe literally, like, guided you to do that. And yeah. did, how'd you feel after? Kind of like a crazy person. Because we were looking at everything. <laughs> Who let the kook out of the house? Right? Okay. Like, this girl, this black girl dressed in all white doing so, like, no. you know, I had a blanket and, like, it's all these It's beautiful, pictures. though. It's purity, I mm. guess. You know, a symbol of purity for fresh beginnings, you know. I love that. Mm. I really do. This milk is delicious. It's white, pure, <laughs> purity. For racism, I'm joking. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> so like, um, I do want to ask. It seems like you had a fairly positive experience in the foster care system. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Not at all. Um, I didn't really have my positive experiences until after foster care. Or even, no, not even after, like, because I was out of the system at, right before I turned 18, and that's when I, my dad passed away. So I was late 17. So honestly, I didn't start seeing life really like this. Like, I knew the tools, but I didn't really start applying them to my life fully until, like, a year and a half ago. And I noticed that the same kind of was for me, although... I was very hardworking, mm-hmm. despite being in such a terrible environment. I kind of was also just constantly in a survival mode. Yeah, same. Yeah. yeah. And so until I was actually out of that environment, was I actually really able to, you know, transform my life and yeah. being able to actually see things other than just tragedy around me. Exactly. Right. And so it, it gave me... A new perspective it gave me uh, more energy to just work on me after foster care but like you know how did you manage while in care like um I know you moved around a lot 13 homes yes I was in a few group homes but 13 homes together wow which was a lot um 
Yeah, I was a rough kid, though. I was hard to handle. I lashed out a lot. Um, like looking at you now, it's really hard to see that. Cause right? It's just like so mellow. I'm so different though. Like I, I've always been this person, but I was somebody else because I was angry and confused and I didn't know how to be peaceful. And nobody was able to really assist with that. Yeah. You know, it's like they're there to help and support you. I really am excited to like be able to hear you sing and um, kind of like I, I, I have so many questions, but like think before we kind of go off onto another conversation. I really want to ask you, how did your spirituality help you navigate through the world and eventually find your calling through music? Mm. How did spirituality help guide you through the world and to your calling to music? Okay. Well, that's such a good question, but like, oh, good. <laughs> I try. Yeah. I think it guided me by... I don't, I think it guided me by just being there. I don't know how to explain, like, um, like, for example, every time I catch myself going back to my old habits of anger and, like, frustration, I go, no, my head, I'm like, no, I'm grateful for being peaceful, I'm grateful for, I'm grateful for being kind, I'm grateful for being calm, you know, I say those things, I say those affirmations to myself, um, so that's been helping me that's been guiding me so i don't know if that's a spiritual thing but i guess that's a law of attraction thing a Mm -hmm. mantra um for example like every time i feel bad about myself or down on myself i'm like no i'm grateful for being healthy happy successful and i'm grateful for having a roof over my head and i try to look at the smaller things because if i constantly focus on the negative then i'm gonna get myself into a depression yeah and you know, it's hard to get out of. yeah, which is hard to get out of, you know, I take meds for it every day. You know, I was diagnosed when I was seven years old with major depressive disorder, mm-hmm. you know, I had to take liquid forms of Prozac because I was too young to take pills. You know what I mean? So I've wow. dealt with that. Yeah, I've, t- I've dealt with it my whole life. So, you know, for me, this is something that's helping. I still take meds and my goal is to maybe get off of them one day, but I'm not sure if I can do that with my brain. But, um, you know, like that's been helpful for me. And I think how it helped me to music was, you know, I have ADHD as well. And um, I talk a lot and I talk really fast sometimes. And I think um, music was able to help me slow down a little bit or it just helped me kind of articulate what I need to say. That's powerful. Yeah. And something beautiful and short, but like enough. Enough. Oh, God. You know? That gave me tinkles. <laughs> wow. You know what I mean? Where it's like powerful enough, but it's so small. And um, it helps. I guess, you know, I, I try to make a joke and I say, you know, the universe gave me this loud mouth and talking fast so I can write songs. Mm. Right? Because it just, my brain's constantly going. So, I don't know. Um, yeah. I love that you said that. Like, <laughs> I don't know what it is. Because, like, I personally think that my me and my soulmate like um somebody who um i was seeing back in high school uh, we dated for a long time but he was a very toxic person um and we actually were living in the same group home together and we i think one of the things that we really connected on was music mm-hmm. being able to connect to somebody through music is almost like another level of a spiritual connection of intimacy and that yeah Yeah, it's like we would sing together everywhere on the bus and stuff like that and it was just 
I don't know. It was you felt safe because like you know when you you have like a lot of stage fright, and you don't always feel comfortable seeing singing in front of other people because you're afraid that they're gonna judge you, yeah. and almost like feeling safe to be that vulnerable around somebody else yeah. made you trust them and just feel so much more secure around them. Yeah. And so I really think that my future hubby, hi, <laughs> if you see me, uh, will probably connect on, like, a, I want us to be able to connect on a musical level. Like, I know, yeah, I'm oh, same It here. just feels so good to be able to just sit there and, like, listen to him play his guitar or just sing to each yeah. other. Oh, it makes me emotional. It's just, like, I don't know. Music is just too. so emotional. It's beautiful. It's, I think it's the second... It's even, maybe not even the second, but the first language of the world. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, I think it's the first. I think touch is first, and then second is music. Wow. You know? Wow. Yeah. Because I think touching is, like, so important. It, communication. Yeah, know. you know, or like t- touching or like facial expressions are so important. Because even if you don't know someone with their language they're speaking, if they r- touch you on the shoulder or give you a hug or if they smile at you, you know, like yeah. that is such an, a beautiful form of love and intimacy. Without having to, you know, communicate vocally. Exactly. So like, you know, when you don't understand each other through words, you're able to use your actions or you're able to yeah. use sound. But there's something with music that it's not just words, there's something else to it. Yeah, it's, it's just... like the tone, it's like the vibration. Exactly. There, It's beautiful. It's so hard to explain. Yeah. That's amazing. Wow. And so how long have you been writing? I actually, I wrote my first... I used to, okay, I wanted to be a author when I was younger, when I was, like, six. I don't know why. And I remember I was sent to the principal's office for something, and I don't remember what, but she wanted to talk to me, and um, I remember I was in her, like, like office, and then I started writing a story in her office, and there was a golden apple on her desk, and I started writing a story about a golden apple, and how it was, like, in heaven, they had golden apples and stuff like that. And I was writing, and I remember thinking to myself, okay, like, this is what I want to do. I want to be an author. I was six. And then I think slowly throughout years, I look back at my notebooks and stuff, and I always wrote poems and stories, and I always loved singing and performing. You know, I remember when I was younger, I'd put on little princess costumes and sing in front of the TV and twirl and dance, and I'd be like, oh. <laughs> I was always dramatic. So, yeah, but I've been writing songs since I was 14. Wow. Yeah. And then what made you want to do it for the rest of your life? And not only that, but mm. inspire other people with it. Like, you know, use music to be able to tell your story and inspire others. So I think, like, what made me decide, okay, this is what I want to do with my life, was um, when I started, I guess, writing so much where I was, like, obsessed with it. To the point where I was like, okay, like I need to go home and write right now, or like I need to go bring my guitar right now, like play something right now. Wow. And I remember in high school, like after grade nine or during grade nine, it was when I was like, screw this popularity thing. Like I just want to be, like I just want to play music because that's when I started teaching myself was in grade nine. And um, I remember I bring I would bring my guitar during lunch and I would sit in the hallways and just practice. And I remember just loving it. And then my friends would come join me at, during lunch period and sing with me. And we would just eat and then play guitar. And I would show them my songs and they'd love it. And, you know, I think that was the beginning of it. And then another thing that really, val- like, 
validified, validified, solidified, <laughs> solidified. Oh my god, <laughs> validified. Wow, really? I'm a songwriter. Oh god, um, that solidified. Um, I guess this feeling like it's a calling for me was a lot of people I was showing certain songs to. They would cry. You know, like having someone cry yeah. to your song is such an, an interesting feeling. I, I don't know how to explain it. I know that feeling. I, I've had that feeling with like, when you make poems. your poems. Yeah. Right. It's like, you're like, you get it, but also like, oh my God, I don't want to make you cry. But it's, I but love, I want them to cry because no. it's just like, no, it's you like, don't like want them to cry, but you want that's what to. I mean. It's an interesting feeling. Cause you're like, oh my God, you understand my pain. But you're also like, oh my God, like emotional, like so connected yeah. like, when they are not able to hold in that emotion. It. It's like an indication that they were able to connect to what you were saying yeah. on a deeper level that yeah. not a lot of people were able to actually kind of communicate properly because of an experience that yeah. they've had that they were able to look back on and be like, oh my God. Exactly. You know? And th- exactly, that's it. And also I remember one time I went to this music camp, which I loved and really shaped me as a musician, as a person. But um, we had this show that we did and we did a and I had a band and we did a cover of Nina Simone's Feeling Good, but like more rock and roll. We kind of were inspired by the Muse. It's a band, their cover of the song, but we did a little flair to it. And I remember singing that song. And I had found out my dad was in the hospital with cancer, and I was just like, I knew he was on his deathbed, and it was really like sad for me, because I just didn't know. I you know it was just a really overwhelming feeling. Mm-hmm. I remember just like crying before going on stage, and I was talking to like my coach, and he was like my mentor and he's like you got this rose like you know people are gonna help one day like you know you've been through so much like you know think about it like one day when you're like when you're on tour and you have all these people waiting for you like you can't just like give up or like not do the show or for ex-. so he was just trying to he was trying to give me like advice to like not back out and i remember just crying and he's like you're doing you're you're going to feel so good once you're done this song or once you're out there. You're, you're going to forget about everything. You're just going to focus on the music. Mm-hmm. I was like, you're right. You're right. You're right. And I remember, like, so, such a mess. I remember I just got on stage and I was so nervous because I didn't know, like, all the words yet of the song. Uh-huh. I knew the song really well. Oh, yeah. It was just, like, I was so nervous of forgetting the words yeah. that I actually went to the computer that we had nearby us and I printed out the lyrics and I made the font so small so it could fit in the palm of my hand without anyone seeing and like I remember like holding the mic like this and just be like so I could look and um but I remember um t- loving like I just remember feeling so powerful yeah you know and I just like rocked across the stage and I you know, I remember I was just, like, angry, and every sadness I had in my in my body, I just let out. And I kind of gave it to the audience. Oh. You know, I, like... Bl- you gave it to... I, I gave it to that. the audience, and I kind of bled on stage. I love that. And it was a beautiful... It felt... He- it was healing. And, and those who actually, like, fully accept it yeah. on a deeper level, those are the ones that get emotional. Exactly. Oh, I love that. And I remember just the ending, like, I was just going. I was like, feel it. And I was just belting it out and I remember just feeling good like yeah I was feeling good after singing feeling good so that's I think when I realized okay this is what I want to do yeah. the way I felt after performing it felt like I just was healed by something bigger than me yeah but now you're using this to like 
advocate for other people. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what you want to do, or at least, like, that's what we talked about before. Yeah. It's kind of just like that. It hasn't been done before. I used to be scared, actually. Before I really decided to, I was scared to talk about my experiences. Yeah. And talk about God. I was really terrified. Or just the universe, angels. I was scared to talk about it. Because I was Every like, okay, day. people are going to judge me and think, oh, she's, like, this person who's weird and, like, yeah. you know, and just, I was, you know, because we're our own worst enemy. And the I was way, just... Like, the way that music changes, mm-hmm. just something in a person so dramatically, like, with people who stutter or have like a, a, a I guess a speech disability yeah or um you know has like autism or something along those lines and they start singing and they they're just like it's so beautiful and smooth as if they've never had any mm-hmm. kind of disability in their life it transforms it's amazing a person it's like what is it about music? What is it like a different vibration or is it a different dimension when we start speaking, like singing or it's something? Crazy. It's crazy. Like, it's so crazy. It is. It's like a, it's like a different vibrational field almost. Yeah. The one that almost like everybody can understand. We don't even have to understand the lyrics to be able to feel the music. I don't think I've met one person that doesn't listen to music. Yeah. I've met people who don't watch TV or movies, but, not but I don't music. think I've ever met anyone who doesn't listen to music. Okay. You don't listen to music? Oh, sorry. I was, I was trying to communicate. Oh. Minutes. <laughs> I was like, you're crazy. Just right? kidding. I, I do listen to music. I don't really watch TV. See? Yeah. But music is something. Yeah. There you have it, folks. Music is something that no one can really yeah. deny. Like not, exactly. Not say that they don't connect with, or they haven't ever connected with a song. Yeah. You know? Like, it's... I love it. it. I love it. Yeah. Give it to me. It does. Give me all of it. Fantastic. So, final question that I want to ask you before we get to hear you perform. What is one of the biggest things in your life right now that would help you alleviate the effects of the foster care system? I think something that I think would help alleviate some of the trauma that kids have gone through in the foster care system that I want to do and help is... Um, I want to do a songwriting workshop. Mm. And um, that was something I was actually in the works of before with a company um, and a other partner before COVID hit. So, um, yeah, we were going to have it all set up. Um, I was going to get guitars so people could, like, play it and even rent it out maybe mm-hmm. for a few days and bring it back. And then I was going to teach them how to write songs and, you know, teach them a few basic chords and easy songs to learn. Because that's what inspired me was when I first was able to, like, play one of my favorite songs. Mm-hmm. And I was able to sing along with it. I was like, oh, this is so much fun. I love that. So, yeah, like, that's one of my dreams is actually have, like, a hub dedicated to art and, like, music and stuff for, like, kids to go to. And I want it to be, like, one in, like, every, like, town or city. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And would there be any specific kind of music or would you be open to allowing anybody that includes, like, SoundCloud, Trap rap, Literally everything. <laughs> like, honestly, like, everything. Everything? Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. That is amazing. I mean, like, even, like, because even, like, SoundCloud stuff, like, you can rap on a guitar riff, no problem. Ooh, yeah. Like, no question. Is, like, oh, most of it is guitar, electric guitar riffs or some notes in there. That's where a beat mostly comes from. And then there's a little, like, piano synth, and then probably a little... um with some producers and get that stuff published. Yeah. Teach them about, like, the business The business, side. exactly. So that's How something I... It. That's what I wanted to do with that workshop, and I had a lot of people on board who were actually pretty well-known in the scene in Toronto 
um, from vocal coaches, from piano players, from, you know, those people who were willing to do it for free Mm -hmm. to come and talk to these kids, you know, because it's going to be twice or three times a month. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's what I want to do to help alleviate the system. Well, I would love to be able to try and help you with that. Yeah, you know, I would love to have you on board. (laughs) I'm excited to be able to continue to work with you. Me too. And like, um, I want to give you the time, the space to plug in all your socials. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Um, of course. So this is Rose Jones. Um, (laughs) uh, My Instagram is at rose27, but the 27 isn't just like the numbers. It's uh, spelled out like T-W-E-N-T-Y, S-E-V-E-N. And that's uh, all of my socials for Facebook slash Rose27, um, YouTube, yeah, <laughs> Jason27, uh, YouTube slash Rose27, and Twitter slash Rose27. You can find me on Apple Music and Spotify at Rose Jones. You just launched a new song. I just launched a new so single. So we'll actually have the uh, her new singles down below, so you could check that out directly. Yeah. Which will be really great to support her with that. Yeah. Uh, and she's talented, guys. I, I'm telling you. Thank um, you. So uh, we actually get to hear... What are going to be the, some of the songs that you're going to be performing for us today? I think I'm going to play Cut Me Deep and um, Not My Friend. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. So stay tuned for that. But before we head out, I just want to you know encourage you guys to please like and share yes. this video this podcast with it. everybody it. at least 10 people who you're close with just just, just you know because we want these stories we want everything to be we just want youth in general to be heard yes and we want to see real changes and we're going to need your support to really put it out there absolutely and well we thank you with all of our hearts for listening in today and thank you so much for having me Shanice no thank you for coming very lucky she mentioned like three hours to get here (laughs) I did god damn (laughs) it's worth it yeah well if you have made it to the end thank you so much for listening Please support us by liking and sharing our content and support the youth that come onto our show. So you've just gotten insider information from the outsiders and we hope in some way you found a home in us. We will see you next time, but until then, take care.